Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the Multiverse Podcast. My name is Luke. And I'm Matthew, and this week we are back with another spooky season episode of the Multiverse Podcast. Uh, joining us this week, we have Ryan and Austin. Guys, you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves again? Hello, I'm Ryan. I was Luke's RA, and by proxy, I know Matthew, and I was here last week as well. Hi, I'm Austin. I was on the last Airbender episode. You also almost fell out of your chair during that episode. I, and we, yeah. never, we never explained why was a little of the squeal. recording. You just go, ah, for like two seconds. Uh, and we never explained why it happened. It's natural. Okay, so we are continuing uh, this month with Ryan's horror movie calendar. Since yeah. it's October, the theme for the rest of the month is just going to be horror themed. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've watched this week? Sure. So this week was kind of my 80, 70s slash 80s week uh, with a little bit of 2000s thrown in there uh, halfway through. Uh, my main goal is to blow up and not and that's like I don't know nobody. Aha. Uh-huh, uh-huh. hmm. No. My main goal okay. is to hit uh, <laughs> horror Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and I think I did that pretty well this week. So uh, last week when we were recording the podcast, I was midway through Halloween. After that, I watched Halloween 2. The Thing, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Final Destination 1, Child's Play, and something we'll be talking about a little later, but we don't want to spoil the episode quite yet. It's Alien. We watched Alien. It's Alien. We watched, yeah. Which I gave a pretty high score. Yeah, I was really happy to see that Alien got a high score. It was a very, it's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Amen. So speaking of good movies, uh, what was your favorite and least favorite movie that you watched this week? And you can just kind of tell us a little bit why. Yeah, so just looking at my ratings, my two highest, and they were tied at nine and a quarter, was The Thing and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And they are pretty, like, distinct, distinctly stark contrast movies. The Thing, you're in Antarctica, and it's kind of a psychological who did it, who isn't, who can you trust kind of movie. Of I don't think I need to explain this movie at all. Obviously, it's a classic, and people rave over this movie all the time. Kurt Russell is fantastic. The... Uh, uh, special effects that they use in this movie is off the charts like the monster and people dying like it is through the roof and the texas chainsaw massacre on the other end of the spectrum is more of a gritty grainy intense claustrophobic kind of movie where you truly feel like these characters don't know what they're going up against slash they are just trapped there is no escape there is no happy ending they are just destroyed and not to mention that there's like multiple academic journals about this movie people have torn this movie apart piece by piece analyzed it everywhere um and it's it's like it represents so much in the horror community uh so i loved both of those movies and then what about one that you didn't really care for or one that was (laughs) rated lower on the end of your of your spectrum I think I think picking on Halloween 2 might be a little mean. So I think I'll pick something else. Um, uh, Final Destination was my next lowest score, which is weird because I was really excited to watch it. It was my only 2000s movie in this week. Um, you know, it, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Like, it's it literally is just, like, average. Like, I watched this, I was like, you know, like, it was good in some parts. It was bad in some others. Like, <laughs> I didn't feel any strong way um greatest parts were the kill scenes the special effects that they use if you use special effects over cgi you already get like a plus in my book because if you look just at um uh 
if you look at the Saw franchise or Final Destination or even Texas Chainsaw, that you could see just the stark difference between their special effects and their CGI, just how much more realistic it looks. Um, negatives, the story was very convoluted and like you kind of lost track almost halfway through. Like they were trying to expedition some things. It just wasn't a very good story to be told, to be honest. But, you know, five out of ten is okay. You talked about uh, picking on Halloween, too. Is there oh. anything that you liked about that movie? It was good. Uh, okay. It was a cute movie. I, I had <laughs> I had fun watching it. I think we all had fun watching it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> Austin and Matthew and I watched it um, over Discord. Amen. I think... I think we had fun watching no, it. No, we watched it in a perfectly legal way that was not streamed over oh, Discord. We all bought it. We watched it in person. We all bought it. Yes. Yes. Let's clarify. What about you guys? What do you guys think of it? Um, I think it had some really cool kills. I think the part where the random kid is walking down the street <laughs> with the Michael Myers mask gets hit by the police car and then blows up and then it just gets completely looked over was kind of humorous along with uh, Michael Myers just completely walking through the door. I think that was two of my favorite parts of the entire film. That was a great death scene. What about you, Austin? What do you like about it? I liked the the ending for it where um, they she shoots him in the eyes, both eyes, and then he's just kind of like swinging around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just really funny. And the reason I gave it a lower score, I think I gave it a four, was because it's literally everything Halloween 1 did, but just a little, like, a little more. There are more kills and more characters, and the thing I really flawed this movie for were its new characters. Um, And the fact that the old characters, like Lori, is just stuck in a hospital the entire movie. Which makes, I feel like she was barely in the movie. Yeah, like, She's and then the new characters are just so forgettable. Name one character that was introduced in Halloween Two. Garrett. Oh yeah, Garrett. Garrett was in this Garrett. movie. The only reason we remember Garrett is because he's one of our friends, and then he died, and we sent it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Give, uh, explain it for context, because clearly Garrett, who is younger than all of us, was not actually in this movie. No, there's a security card named security guard named Garrett. And he went into some place alone, like they do in all horror movies, and he just got a hammer to the head. The opposite end of a hammer, like the you, the part you use to get nails out of the wall. Yes. <laughs> it was just, oh, is that what it's for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't know Thanks, that? Dad. Yeah, no, I didn't. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> no, of course I knew that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's used for murdering Garrett. Oh, yeah, of course. That's what I've always used it the for. The sole purpose of the hammer is right. to kill Garrett. Damn. And I couldn't give Halloween 2 the same <laughs> historical merits that Halloween 1 gets. So it just inherently got a lower score. Yeah, um, I guess I was thinking we could go back and talk about some of the other stuff that you watched. Because you did watch some like really like cult classic horror movies. Mm-hmm. Especially with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but you also, I don't think you really, you didn't talk much about like Final Destination or Child's Play or any of that. So would you want to talk about that? Because I did watch at least parts of those with you, and that's something I definitely can talk about at least. Yeah. I know that Austin and you can as well, Ryan. Um, so I guess we'll just start. Uh, okay, so Tuesday I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and I gave it a five and a half, a little better than Final Destination. Uh the the Achilles heel of this movie was the acting. Like I thought Halloween was bad. Uh Nightmare on Elm Street is just 
just bad which is really crazy because if you didn't know johnny depp is in this movie a very young johnny depp crazy yeah it is weird but i feel like almost all of the like all the slasher style horror movies are really really bad about like the acting like i think they i think a lot of horror movies just in general care a little more about like the gore and the kills and like the violence and sometimes the plot gets overlooked and especially the acting and like you said with the the original halloween like it definitely gets overlooked in the first one oh yeah for sure and i think it just kind of got like unfortunate placing because it got placed between two of my favorite movies this week of the thing and texas chainsaw Uh, yeah the thing is incredible like yeah they really knocked it out of the park with that movie uh john carpenter really like with his movies they are just fantastic i would recommend any john carpenter movie um especially after watching halloween one two and the thing uh you know like freddy was the best part of this movie as he should be like the villain should really be exemplified in horror movies in my opinion um he comes off as this kind of goofy kind of zany but also really really badass bad guy one that you feel like you can't beat like how do you how do you beat someone that lives in your dreams you know kind of situation um and also the way they film this movie is really cool so uh spoilers this movie's been out for 40 years so if you get spoiled, it's not my fault uh there's a scene where a girl and a guy are sleeping together and the girl starts falling asleep and freddie starts killing her and she gets clawed in the stomach blood starts spurting out and he drags her to the corner of the room drags her up the wall onto the ceiling and back to the bed and the way they filmed that is they had a rotating room and bolted all the furniture to the walls and to the floor and had the camera bolted too so when the room turned it looked like she was like floating up up the wall which is like so cool to me like with the 80s limitation or 70s limitation yeah because i there's only a handful of times that you, we've seen that used in movie. The only one, other time that that's come to mind for me is uh, if you guys have seen Inception. That's the only mm. other time that I've seen like the rotating room used. Mm-hmm. They also did that in the original Poltergeist film. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Poltergeist the one where it's like the priest and the 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 that's demon the is extra strapped? To the, uh, oh. Poltergeist is when this family moves on into like a, a house that was buried or uh, built on burial ground. I mean, as all horror movies are. Uh, and then there, there's a poltergeist that starts messing around with everything, and the little girl goes missing. It's more where she's in front of the TV and turns around and said, they're here, yep. if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. Yep. All right. So that's, uh, I think that's enough about Nightmare on Elm Street. It's pretty pretty typical slasher, really cool villain, really cool concept, and as you know, like Fre- like even from Freddy versus Jason, like this is Mount Rushmore horror. Um, next, I, we already kind of talked about Texas Chainsaw, so we'll go into Final Destination. Um, a little bit more so the premise of this movie is that uh some big tragedy happens in the first one it's a plane uh falling out of the sky getting struck by lightning and all these people die but someone has a premonition about it and they freak out they get off the plane with a couple people and they avoid death and death says "Uh uh-uh that's not how that's supposed to happen and recreates a design for these characters and kills them off in these kind of elaborate kind of schemes um like one dies because uh bath like a bathroom towel or not bathroom towel bathroom uh curtain rod they had a a wire one and it wrapped around his neck and then soap fell into the bottom of the tub so he couldn't like stand up and then he just hangs to death um 
interesting premise really cool um like i said the plot kind of gets thrown to the side for a little bit just for the kills uh and that's where this movie really shines like i said uh and yeah we watched a clip off youtube from the yeah, we did. from the official uh youtube channel so we don't get in trouble um, of the Agreed. fifth one with the gymnastics acts, that is really, really out there compared to the first one. The first one's kind of more tame. Is that not setups. from the first one? No, that was some of the fifth one. Okay, cool. I was wondering about that because, as far as like the clip that we watched for context, is basically about this gymnast who is like just doing kind of her routine as she usually does, and all these like crazy things that are making you extremely anxious are happening around her there's like uh an ac unit that the fan like like the covering on like an ac fan like one of the screws falls off and falls on the balance beam and it's just sitting upright and like there's multiple times where like she'll walk over it like two three four times and like every time it happens you think that's going to be the one and then she keeps doing other stuff and like um there's gosh a, i wish i knew gymnastics terms there's a puddle on the ground and there's an open wire, wire. Mm-hmm. yeah she almost steps on that um but in the end how does she die luke in the dumbest way possible she spins around what is the thing like the the horizontal pole called yeah. i know there's a name for it i call it the flippy dippy horizontal pole (laughs) yeah sorry to any of my gymnast friends but the flippy dippy horizontal pole she spins on that and gets a whole bunch of chalk in her face because some other girl is on the balance beam steps on the nail falls into the big bowl of like the chalk that they put on their hands and it gets kicked into the fan which blows it all over the girl on the balance beam and she falls and her body snaps in half not on the balancing, but on the flippy dippy bar. On the fl- yeah, the flippy dippy horizontal pull, of course. And she lets go and just lands on her neck. Yeah, it's and so just collapses. Oh. And then they're like, "Hurry, we have to get her to the hospital." Yeah, like, and you can see okay. like both of her legs are broken with the bone exposed. Yeah. Like her body is folded in half. And the one thing that I remember out of that clip, because I didn't actually watch the original Final Destination with you. That's one that you watched on your own. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, just like you said, the special effects versus CGI, like, that's the fifth Final Destination. That's relatively recent, I believe. Yeah. What year did that come out? Uh, at least this decade, because I know the fourth one came out in 2011. Okay, so it's pretty recent. And the CGI is horrific. Like, it took that's away bad. from the immersion that, like, I was more anxious about the stuff like the screw and like the wire and the puddle than I was like watching her like snap her body in half. Because you look and you're like, that's clearly fake. Like, yeah, the more you look at it, the worse it looks. Like, yeah. Uh, so moving on, Final Destination and the final movie we'll talk about before we get to Alien is Child's Play, which is also a very much cult classic. Um, and I think a lot of people have explored this movie, especially since the most recent Child's Play just came out. I would recommend this movie over the new one any day of the week. Uh, it is, it still holds its charm. It still has its merits. I mean, clearly it's in the 80s. So you, you know, the acting is not as great as it used to be. But uh, I would still call this movie really good. I gave it a 7 and 3 quarters out of 10. That's fair. Um, I only watched like... 
I watched the end of it with you because I was coming back from class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know exactly what you're laughing about. <laughs> There's a lot of really strange innuendos in this movie. Yeah. Um, the specific line that I'm thinking of is, I have a date with a six-year-old boy, and we paused it and took a minute to just kind of laugh it off <laughs> and then think and like talk about how like kind of disgusting that line is. Chucky says it because he goes to the voodoo doctor and he's like, oh, the voodoo doctor is like, oh, you need to put your soul into the first person you revealed yourself to, which is obviously the little kid, Andy. So he's like, all right, doc, I got a date with a six-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like we said, we thought it was, I thought it was really funny. And there were different lines that kept popping up throughout the thing. It was like, give me the boy and I'll let you live. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. And we just kept pausing it and laughing about it. But, yeah. man, there are some lines in that movie that, like, in 2020, those do not hold up well, <laughs> they, in my opinion. They really don't. The biggest uh, Achilles heel for this movie, I think a lot of people would agree with me with saying that it has comedy elements in it, but never fully commits to be either a horror or a comedy film. And then you look at later films like Seed of Chucky and Bride of Chucky, which are clearly like they're comedies. They're, you're, you're supposed to laugh at them with some gross kills thrown in. Uh, there's a reason those movies went straight to DVD, though. Uh, <laughs> the first one, it has its funny moments, especially with Chucky, and it has all the cursing in it. And it's st But it's still scary sometimes, but it never really picks which genre it wants to be in. Austin, you okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on this, Austin? You watched more of Child's Play than I did, so. It was, I feel like it's just a classic, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. what he said. Uh, best part, uh, Andy is really, really good as a little kid. Like, you genuinely think it's a little kid. It's not an actor, but mm -hmm. clearly it is. Um, and I think I also said the best part of this movie was the dynamic between Andy and his mom where like obviously Chucky isn't really thrown into that but they are they are a struggling family in New York and like all Andy wants is this big is this um good guy doll and like his mom's like oh we don't have the money for it like sorry like we got you like get you clothes instead and like some toys but like not what he truly wants you like you truly feel for this family which I I think is really really good yeah yeah I would I'd have to agree with the stuff that I saw. Uh, yeah, so moving on. Yesterday, that would have been October 10th, 2020. The four of us gathered in an undisclosed location that was not our college dorm when we're only supposed to have three people in the room at a time to watch Alien. Mm -hmm. So Matthew and Austin have both seen this, and it was mine and Ryan's first viewing of the film. It's also so, that movie's day for the calendar. Like we did not set this up. It just it kind of fell into place. It did. Mm -hmm. uh, so Matthew and Austin, do you guys have any questions for us about this movie and what we thought about it? Um, I mean, I kind of just wanted to hear like what your initial thoughts were because you've been watching some of these like really cheesy movies from the 70s and 80s mm -hmm. and then you get to you get to alien and like you can tell this movie has a budget and it's not just one of those like slasher films with crappy acting and stuff like that so i just kind of want to like just kind of tell me what your first initial thoughts were of the film and then we'll ask some like more deeper questions about some of the things that happened 
Yeah. So as okay, so the first thing I noticed was that this has a runtime of about 120-ish minutes, about 122, I want to say. So you could tell like this is definitely different from your slasher movies that are about an hour and a half. So this is going to be a slow burner movie, which personally for me I like faster movies. So that was a, like that was a personal like I didn't really enjoy that. But I know there's people that would definitely disagree with that. Like I'm sure Matthew, you disagree that it being a slow yes. burner movie makes it better. Yes. Um, and you know I gave it a pretty high score as I was watching it. I was like this definitely falls into like the same as the thing as the shining as as the texas chainsaw massacre of being a higher echelon higher tier horror movie in the 70s because this came out in 79 i want to say yes so yeah as i was watching the movie the first thing i noticed was set design was super super good like this is truly like a massive ship that they've introduced in the first shots where they show the outside of the ship and then as the movie progresses every time they go into a room you're like, oh, this is the first time we've seen this room. Or, oh, like, I've seen this, but only for, like, a brief second. So you really feel like like they are in this huge ship. Like, they are not on some set in a uh, in some Hollywood, you know, address. This is, like, they are in space. Uh, second, the way that the alien is presented is really nice. So it's, like, basically a, a superhuman. Like, is the perfect life form. And there is no way to beat it. And you just feel like the dread of these characters. Kind of like the thing where you are trapped with this thing or with this alien and there's no escaping it and you have to try to beat it, but there's like no way to beat it, you know. Um, I don't know. How how'd you feel, Luke? Um, I think you covered a lot of this stuff. I think the best part about this movie is the set design as well. I think that the production value and like the production value is insanely high, especially for its time. And like you said, the runtime is, it's a bit of a slow burner. I'd have to agree with you, but like for its time, a, a two hour movie in the seventies is kind of unheard of from what I've seen at this point. Um, I'm going to try not to like just repeat everything that you're saying, but I think that the, the Xenomorph, the alien is obviously one of the best villains across all of science fiction. Um, and I think, like you said, there's uh, you genuinely do feel trapped with them. Um, I remember like the most uncomfortable scene for me, the one that made me squirm the most, was the scene where I believe it was Dallas is in the air ducts, like crawling around. <laughs> oh, also, this movie yeah. is how this movie is how old now? Uh, forty one. Forty forty one 41. years. Yeah. So once again, if you haven't seen this movie in forty one years and you're listening to this, and you're mad that I'm spoiling this, it is your own fault. <laughs> but... Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but the scene that happens in the air ducts with Dallas, where he... he They're, like, tra- like tracking motion in the air ducts, and, like, it go the xenomorph disappears from the tracker for a while, and then out of nowhere it starts moving again, and he has to pick whether he's going to go up or down the ladder, and he goes down, and then he, like, turns on the light and sees the xenomorph, and it just cuts. <sighs> Nothing, like, I think Ryan and I were, like, having a joke about, like, oh, if it's, yeah, I jumped, jumped. I, I jumped a lot, but I think <laughs> Ryan and I were literally saying, like, if this is the cat, I'm going to stop watching this movie, <laughs> and two seconds later... It was the xenomorph, it was and it, not the scared, cat. <laughs> it scared me so bad. Oh. But I think this film relies a lot on the psychological 
and like the jump scares, Ryan, you said this in your review that you put out yesterday, but um, the jump scares don't feel cheesy like they do in some of the other movies that we have watched over the last two weeks. Um, but I think it just relies, it doesn't rely necessarily on shock horror, but it's also a big element in it, but not the main one. I think it is mostly like the claustrophobia of being on the ship. The dark. Yeah, the dark, mm -hmm. the like the lighting and stuff. It's very like it, it very reminds me lighting. quite a bit of yeah, very good. It reminds me a bit of M Night Shyamalan films, where like I think I talked about this last week when I was talking about Signs. It reminds me of Signs a lot, like the lighting, the way that you feel trapped with the characters as they're like hiding in their own house from the aliens and Signs, and like they just keep finding different ways to get around the obstacles and stuff that the that uh. Oh man, Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix's characters have set up to try and stay alive. It just feels very similar, like especially the use and the lighting and the jump scares. You also uh, you never actually see a full kill. You can see like the first couple seconds of it, but then it'll cut away or it'll cut to a different shot. So it's like your imagination kind of creates what 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 the kill actually looks like, and it could be worse than what you would actually see on the screen. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. I know that there was one jump scare pretty early on in the movie that just... I know why it had to be there, but it also kind of just felt out of place because I think... I think... Well, maybe it's because I've played, like, Mortal Kombat and stuff, and the way that they introduce the Xenomorph in Mortal Kombat is they show, like, the face hugger scene pretty early on in the movie. Yeah. And so, like, when that came up, I was like, oh, cool, so it's going to jump out. Like, anybody who's seen a horror movie knows that it's going to happen this way. And so that one, that's like the only time that there was a jump scare that didn't really get to me, I guess. I get spooked pretty easily. So when I saw that coming up, I just, I felt pretty stone-faced watching that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the very, like, it, they go from this crazy environment that is the harshest conditions to kind of this anticipation of this guy being on his own, searching these eggs into a jump scare. I don't know if that was necessarily the best pacing for that scare, um, it definitely, it made me jump, not gonna lie, because I don't, like, the face hugger just looks so, like, a, like, I don't like the crustaceans or the crabs or anything, and that one really, like, it, that's what it looks like. I'm like, yo, I do not want that on me, like, That's no. fair. I am not a fan of spiders, and that's what it reminds me of a little bit more. Or, like, if you've played the Half-Life games, it reminds me of the head crabs a little bit, which I also dislike. And obviously, the head crabs would be modeled after the facehugger because Half Life came out in 1999, and yep. Half Life 2 came out in 2003, I believe. Mm -hmm. What you said with the pacing of them going from like that really harsh environment, uh, then leading up to the jump scare, I think that actually works really well, because you're in this environment where it's like you just hear this constant wind and like the the clattering of all the rocks in their helmets and stuff like that and then all of a sudden there's almost absolutely no sound inside of the ship it's like all you're hearing is some of the some of the music that's put in there but also just like it sounds really hollow which makes it sound like there's not a sound but it's like the the echoes even when nothing is happening mm -hmm. that like so you're going from this really loud environment to nothing so you're like you're having that anticipation you're like okay since we're overload now there's nothing like what is going on what's going to happen and i think that made the jump scare but like obviously a lot of people are going to see that coming I mean, it's kind of an iconic thing. It's been parodied a lot. It's been shown a lot. But uh, I think that actually works in its favor to have the intensity and then absolutely nothing just leading up to it. 
for sure i really like that like as i was watching the them traveling through the planet and then it shot back to i think it was dallas just sitting in the chair just kind of uh kane or, it was or kane. no ash ash i was it was either ash or hudson i couldn't remember which one ash. um ash everybody hated ash that was really oh funny. my god i hated ash so much but his like his whole arc is really interesting and i think that's one i'll have to like go back through the movie and watch yeah got, that's kind of what i felt like when i was watching it he's got the milk I, got the milk the milk he's got the milk he's drinking the foggy milk um, i don't know what it is with sci-fi movies and having their characters drink milk but you know keep your bones strong i guess and then you just kind of die yeah keep your uh, robot bones strong robot oops did i say that out loud oh, oh, oh man oh, oh. <laughs> oh no uh, robot it's been bone. 41 years watch it if you haven't already no <laughs> Uh, or don't watch it. I don't care either way. And as I'm, I'm just sitting, <laughs> as I'm just Austin, sit- do you have any questions? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, as I'm just sitting here, like, there's so much you could talk about this movie, but I'll, I'll let you go. Ahead. Like, Austin, do you have anything to add or like anything you picked up on on like your second or third watch through? Uh, not really. I just love watching the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you have any Fair. questions for them? What did y'all think about the ending? Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have to kind of agree with what Ryan said. It's a it's a good ending for a sci-fi movie. And I understand that for its time, it probably felt really real because they use animatronics. And the animatronics are nuts in this movie. For the 1970s, it is very good, like, use of animatronics. But that final scene just it feels like it's dated when everything else still holds up pretty well i think the reason that it looks so bad because like animatronics in the 70s did like they advanced pretty far but in this movie it's a guy in a costume is it and and, yeah Mm -hmm. and that's why it kind of looks so goofy well i mean obviously they have animatronics (laughs) for when it does the close-up shots of the mouth and stuff like that. yeah Yeah, that's what i was talking about i know that it's a guy in a suit i meant like I, I just didn't know love if you that meant, final like, when scene. the mouth opens, it's just a dude like sticking his arm through like a gap or something. Oh no, and no, that's no. no, no, no. See, that's where that's where the uh, miscommunication was. I love. That I think final that it would have benefited from not showing the entire alien because you spend the entire film not seeing its entire form, and so like you don't ever get to see like the size, like the scale of it, and like just how scary it looks. So I yeah. think that really, it would have been better just period the not to have shown the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, there's. It was really, I can't even think of a good way for them to have made it easier to show the entire body without it looking kind of cheesy. But what about, okay, so just getting past not I, the, the not very good, uh, okay, go ahead. I did not think that the, like, the ending was cheesy. I didn't think the costume was cheesy. I thought it was the use of, like, when Ripley, like, opens up the like the door and like everything's getting sucked out into the vacuum of space i thought the thing that looked kind of dated was when he like uses the hook to kind of grapple or like the hook on his tail to like grapple back up into the ship Mm. that's the only part that i felt like looked pretty dated as far as like it just felt really clunky like the movement wise okay now i see what you're saying yeah yeah everything else like it looked fine i thought the costume was fantastic I meant more of the scale. It looked kind of weird with the scale of the alien because, like, he just kind of thumps up against it and doesn't look like there's anybody inside of the costume for a second. I thought that's what you were talking about. No, that's kind of what I was talking about, but I just meant, like, I meant more of the grapple that leads up to that. Gotcha. 
Yeah, the ending, uh, just ignoring all the special effects and what they decided to do. Um, the ending story-wise was perfectly okay. Uh, I, As you guys knew, like I really wanted the cat to have a chest burster, and then it leads into a sequel of you don't really know what happened. Like, Have the cat chest burst, have Ripley like, freak out just a little bit, and then cut to credits. So you set up that sequel really well. Uh, oh but the yeah, way, I wish but, we would have had time for the sequel because it's set up really well. It's even better than that. Yeah, uh, I would be like I'm very excited to like continue with this series. Maybe once I get done with this month's uh, movies, I definitely want to revisit some of these universes and uh, kind of explore them a little more. Yeah, I definitely do. This is a, definitely a, a series that I want to continue viewing, especially with like I know that Prometheus and Covenant dropped in the last like ten mm-hmm. years. Yeah, five ten years, very and good. I've heard. From the people that I've talked to, yeah, people said that Prometheus was kind of confusing, and I know a lot of, like, older people who saw Prometheus didn't like it, but to the newer fans, it seemed like they, or the younger fans, it seemed like they enjoyed it a little bit more. And then yeah. as far as Covenant goes, everything that I saw in the trailers for Covenant looks really good. Mm-hmm. I just remember this from playing, like, Mortal Kombat 10 with Alien. Does the Alien get the abilities of its host as well? No. no. Not in, it doesn't. Okay, so like in Mortal Kombat, its whole story is that it invaded Tarkatan, which is things that have blades in its arms and like really big teeth. And so the alien variation of that is like it has the blades on its arms and it can use those abilities. So I was wondering if that ever Bro, popped up in the what? series. Oh, I see what you mean. Um I mean I have no idea, but Matt, I, what do you No. It does I've never I've never seen that happen. But I guess also we never see the aliens take a host of anything non-human. aside from, yeah, that's like non-human. Like you said, if we would have seen the cat chest burst, it, like maybe right. maybe something else, it would have looked a little bit different. And I guess we see like the giant skeleton inside of the ship, Yeah. but it doesn't really explain much in the first movie. It's just kind of there and they're like, whoa, something engineer. like kind of popped out of the bone here. What were you saying, Austin? It's an engineer. Mm-hmm. That stuff's explained mm-hmm. in the to, newer movies. Yeah, you have to watch Prometheus for that. Uh, Fair enough. So moving well, away, to my we... point, like, to my point though, it took them like what thirty-ish years before they explained that, mm-hmm. which kind of feels a bit like a cop out, but I understand like for its time, leaving it unanswered also honestly adds more to the mystery of the yeah, Xenomorph exactly. too. So moving, um, moving on from, like, the actual alien itself, I think the the second best part, besides the alien or the set design, um, so I guess the third best part, is the dynamic between all the crewmates. Yeah. Uh, definitely, like, that's how their personalities are shown. It's like, Ash versus Hudson versus Ripley. Like, those characters are defined by the way they view how they think we should handle this situation. And we kind of talked about it while we were all sitting here, but it's a surprising final three survivors. Well, final four and then final three is what we kind of talked about. Yeah, because in typical horror movies, you know, it's it's the joke that the minority always dies first, the black. It's all it's either a black guy or the woman every time. Mm-hmm. And this in the final three in this movie uh, is two women and a, and a black guy. And a cat. And a cat. We shouldn't forget the cat. Hate the cat, but we shouldn't forget him. You hate the cat. Bro, the cat oh, caused so many deaths. Do? The cat causes half of the deaths Bro, in, in the movie. And the scares. What do you mean? 
Yeah, okay, so I, I'm, I'm so bad at names. I just watched this yesterday, so give me a break. But the the dude that always wore the hat and, like, the Hawaiian shirt, he gets sent to go right. look after the cat. Yeah, sure. He gets killed by the xenomorph because he's looking for the cat. That's one. And then Bro, that's on him, when we get to the final that's three, on him. that is yeah, on he, him. No, it is not. He what was supposed mean? to catch the cat when it came out of the cabinet. He could have just been like, goodbye, Okay, cat. but then they send him after the cat, though. I think that's different. And then when the final three, this is a little bit of a stretch, but Ripley is going to find the cat. And then while she's off finding the cat, the other two get killed by the xenomorph and she can't make it back in time to save them. Yes. She was, she wasn't going for the cat. That's not why she, well, she was getting other things. And yeah. She, she was, heard the cat uh, over the intercom, but because she, she went to go in, get the cat. I think she maybe could have saved the other two. Second and yeah, she probably would have died too. I think I'm just enjoying hating the cat. I all, well, I'm allergic <laughs> to cats, the... so I do not like I cats in the slightest. I love cats in real life, but <laughs> this one. Cat. I wish I could love cats. I really do. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that I was allergic, I would love to have a cat. But because I'm not, gotta hey, hate all cats hey. in all movies. If you could change the ending of the movie, what would you change it to? Cat chestburster. <laughs> yeah, Kill I would have to. Okay, besides cat chestburster. Um, hmm. I don't know. I think it's a really, really good ending. I don't know if I would change anything. I think if you were to change it, it would have to be a drastic change. There's no, like, little things, and I'm, like, yeah. nitpicking on it, you know? And I guess since you guys have seen the other ones, it's probably easier for you guys to come up with something. But as a standalone, I don't think you would be able to change something about the movie without having it, like really drastically change anything i guess the only thing that i could think of is maybe have this like really grotesque shot of like ripley's about to escape and she has to go out this one door and then she sees the bodies of all of the crewmates i know that you see the final two or i i'm so like again i'm so bad with names but like we see the black guy and the other girl on the ship um maybe we turn the corner like ripley turns a corner and she sees the entire crew like dead or like I don't know, hanging from the ceiling and dead in some way, and that's like super traumatizing. And then behind her is the xenomorph. But I mean, that almost plays into a bit of more like predator, like horror cliche. Yeah, maybe a little bit too much. But that's I guess if we really want to go for it, that's the only thing that I would change. I so would... I was texting. <clears throat> oh. oh, go ahead, go ahead, Austin. I would change it to where Ripley and the alien are just. Like fist fighting each other. Like, <laughs> Square up. There's a there's a referee. <laughs> the cat is the referee. They just wrestle. Uh, That's what I would do. Luke, going back to what you said, um, I was the cat being the referee. No, about, <laughs> about how you would change the ending with the bodies and stuff like that. Fair. Uh, I was texting Austin towards the end of it. And I was like, Hey, have you seen the deleted scene of Dallas? Because um, ugh, I want to say it's canon. I want to say that they they said it was canon, even though it wasn't the movie. It's in the director's cut, isn't it? Uh, I think so. He's so Dallas doesn't actually die when we see him get ripped out of the out of the shaft. Um, when Ripley is trying to escape, she goes to this one part of the ship, and she sees Dallas there, and he's still alive, but he's in this like cocoon sort of thing, so he's still half alive. Um, mm. And what it is is that the alien 
a chest burster inside of him like he was face hugged and so he like begs her to kill him so that's kind of traumatizing and it does show up actually in the second film like not that exact scene but there's something that happens that like completely mirrors it mm-hmm. so it actually it's kind of cool um that you said that because that was a really cool deleted scene i really wish it would have been in the movie but obviously it's already two hours long and they don't want to screw up the pacing but it's i mean i definitely recommend you guys check that out when you can for sure and then if we just want to talk about the one character uh ripley is a badass final girl yes when, when final girls really aren't badass at this point you look at texas chainsaw it's the helpless it's the damsel in distress in this movie it is i'm gonna destroy the xenomorph i'm gonna beat this i'm going to get home and i love that about this movie she's really the only character in like in the movie that is actually like good at thinking on her feet like it feels like everybody else kind of just has like they have one path that they can take and it's like that is the only set path they're able to take whereas ripley is like okay well i'm getting in the escape pod after i blew up the ship but the xenomorph is in the ship with me what do i do and then she like gets the door open and then you know he is starting to climb his way back in and then she what turns on like the the thrusters Mm -hmm. yeah turns on the engine or the thrusters and like you know, I say it with air quotes, but burns him to a crisp. And if we've ever seen a horror movie, we know that, you know, the xenomorph is not actually dead, so. I would honestly say that Ripley is one of the best female characters in all of cinema because of the way she's portrayed. She is never the damsel in distress. She knows, like, she is so smart. I would say she is, like, probably the smartest character. I think, I want to say Dallas is pretty smart, too, and he just had a really tough choice, but, like, Ripley is so smart. She can think on her own. She does what she thinks is right, and that sh- like it continues throughout the series too. Dallas reminds me a lot of Kurt Russell's character in the thing. The very like Ooh, calm, that's a good comparison. Yeah, uh, collected, methodical uh, one. He's the leader of the ship, and like I was just thinking about it, um, looking back when Ripley is technically the captain because uh, Dallas is away. He's on the planet. Uh, she's technically the captain and she says do not let them in he could they need a quarantine for a day and ash is the one that lets them in because obviously he his whole thing is getting the alien back to earth which makes sense now now i'm thinking about it yes now that i have taken some time to reflect (laughs) that scene makes a lot more sense but like ryan said they were supposed to quarantine for a day and if you're sick with covid quarantine for your two weeks and stop ruining everything for us I like that transition. That was really good. Yeah, it was so smooth, like butter. <laughs> I remember, Don't. I remember Sigourney Weaver, Weaver actually posted something on her Twitter, and it was that scene, and she was like, "If you if we don't quarantine, everyone can die." And she was like, "Please be smart," or something like. It was really funny. It's right <laughs> at the beginning of all of this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kind of shift away from Alien, but still focus on Ripley for a bit. And just say, like, as far as these movies that have, like, big cult followings goes, there aren't a ton of, like, great female characters. Um, Ripley is definitely a fantastic character, but almost in all movies, like Ryan said, we see them as, like, the damsel in distress, but then, like, I'm really going to shift around the universes here. We see, like, Hermione Granger and, like, Princess Leia and stuff. Like, yes, Leia is the damsel, but she ends up being the one that rescues everybody else in the Death Star. Yeah. And so, 
uh, you know, kudos to Ridley Scott for making a good female character. Especially, like, in the 70s and 80s, too. Like, we're now seeing a lot more movies that are, like, they have great feminist characters in them. Like, you look at The Hunger Games, like, that is a strong female lead with Katniss. But, like, for the 1970s, there weren't a ton of movies that could do it and do it effectively. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anybody have any closing thoughts about Alien or any other movies that we watched? Or, Ryan, do you want to give us an overview of what next week's movies uh, sure. will hold? Because we do plan on having uh, both of these two guys on for the final weeks of October as we keep working our way through the horror movie calendar. Yeah. So today, I've already watched this, but today I watched Cabin in the Woods, which also has Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver in it, which is crazy. Um, tomorrow is the Belco experiment. Uh, the 13th is obviously Friday the 13th. Uh, the next day is ready or not. Then Gerald's it's a Tuesday, Ryan. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald's game, which is the only Netflix movie on my list, is on Thursday. Friday's Night of the Living Dead, the classic zombie horror movie, and seventeenth movie. The seventeenth is The Mist, which is also a fantastic movie. I'm very excited for this next coming week. It might honestly be my best week uh, as a so far for scores. I've been giving generally high scores, but this might be a eight slash nine week uh maybe except for friday the 13th that one might be uh that one might be in the six or five five six or seven range maybe four i would i would keep your expectations a little lower for that one ryan yeah i know that jason isn't really a huge thing in that one till the very 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 end but yeah i have to i have to watch it it's his origin story jason x i wanted to put that on my list so (laughs) badly but i couldn't justify it maybe um, maybe oh. next week. do you have thanksgiving um, movies my mom brought this up uh she commented on our instagram which i will plug or matt will plug later at the end but my mom commented that the scariest movie she's ever seen is the blair witch project mm-hmm. is that on your list by chance it is not on my list but i have recently announced that i am doing this again in november and i'm doing okay. it once every three days instead of every day Okay, cool. I definitely that's one that I want to check out because mm. so, my I know that my parents aren't super big on horror movies. My mom definitely can like stomach it better than I can and certainly better than my dad can. But I definitely want to check that out because I know that if it scares her, I'm not going to be able to sleep for a long time. The and bi- I really want to do that to myself for some odd reason. <laughs> Scary yeah, movies that'd are be a fun. good one to watch together. Um, so next month is going to be more focused on the supernatural and the found footage kind of category of horror because that's really lacking for my list because they terrify me. Those are my, those are my scary movies. Like if I want to be scared and like freaked out, I watch those. Like if I want to like, like hide under the blanket while I'm watching it, that's what I go mm-hmm. towards. And I avoided it this month, so I wasn't a little bad word about it. But <laughs> you can say it. I mean, we're not. You know, don't do it. Little bitch, but. Yeah, that's fine. Say like an average of like one curse word per episode. That's the one. That's the one. That's our one. Ryan's going to use it up. Um, So on my list is the Spanish horror form uh, Wreck, is Blair Witch Project, is The Witch, um, and maybe Saw. Maybe I'll revisit Saw and give it an honest rating. I've never seen Saw, so I will join you in on that as well. 
And maybe I'll throw in some bad ones. Maybe I'll throw in a Jason X. Maybe I'll throw in a uh, an escape room. <laughs> hey, I uh, I recommend you checking out Doctor Sleep. Yes, I, don't know I do need to watch If it's supernatural that. or not, I own it, so we can oh, definitely wait. watch that one. But you know, you it's really watch, good. You should watch the Babadook. The Babadook I've also heard is pretty good. <laughs> Except That's a it's great not. Movie. Don't lie. <laughs> do you do think it's a lie. good horror movie, or do you think it's one of those like crappy? I thought it was cool. Is it? One of those movies that's, like, so bad that it's, like, good. Or is it just, like, a good, scary movie? I thought it was a good, scary movie. Okay. Also, like, the uh, the Conjuring movies, those are really yeah. good, too. Nope, 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 I will never watch those. You don't those. like those movies? I will not watch those. I've seen a Maybe. couple of them. Maybe Poltergeist is going to be on there. Or the Bye Bye Man. Hey, if you need a, a relaxing one in there, one that's a little <laughs> less scary that you can get through in like 70 minutes, I definitely recommend you check out the Velocipaster. No, shut up. I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say Africa. that. <laughs> so, I think it's funny. I definitely want to explore different culture uh, scary movies because we've, I think, I don't know if Matthew and Austin have seen it, but I know Luke and I definitely have uh, Parasite. Yes. Obviously, I don't have to say anything about it. It won a bajillion awards, but it's a great South Korean horror film. Um, I Would definitely... you consider it to be horror? I guess maybe oh, yeah. if you're looking 100%. at it culturally, I consider it more to be thriller by like American cultural uh, standards. But I guess you, there are definitely horror elements to it. Yeah, like especially the final scene or like the guy oh, yeah. peeking out under the stairs and you just see his eyes. It's just... Ooh, he's that is a cre- that man. is a creepy part. Yeah, that gives me the I think GBs. another movie you would like is Don't Kill It. Don't Kill It. I don't know if I've ever heard of that one. And it, and it came out in 2016. And it's about like a demon hunter where they're chasing this demon and he pairs up with like a FBI agent to battle like the demon that possesses like a body. And hmm. it just goes on like a killing spree. And there are some pretty good kills in there. It- it had a three-and-a-half-million-dollar like budget. But hear me out. It's Wait. more funny than actually, like, scary. Is it going to give me a, a child's play vibe where I'm like, okay, they tried to be funny, but... <laughs> I have a date with a six-year-old boy. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I watched it with Cameron Reno. And Shout out Cameron. It was so funny. <laughs> also, uh, Children of the Corn. I don't think that's on yes, your list. Yes, that's... It's not on my list. That is another one that growing up I was told is the scary horror movie right next to Final Destination. It's pretty Um, nice. You know, like, I'm just going to give it the uh, I'll be the judge of that kind of skew. Because now when I see horror movies, I, like, I know there's a set behind it. I know it's a cast. I know what to expect. So I'm kind of almost getting desensitized to these. So I'm really really looking forward to some of these, like, scary ones that are going to take me out of that mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. I think The Descent is really going to do that. I think maybe as beloved so below is going to really do that and or the platform uh, it's on netflix what did you say austin the platform i told you about that one yeah you did tell me about that one (laughs) have you have any of you watched any of american horror story Uh, a couple episodes okay well i feel like that's one that like that's kind of like the modern day horror experience i feel like and like reading through some of like the episode descriptions because i was scrolling through netflix while talking on the phone with my mom yesterday 
And I was just curious. I saw that there are some pretty big names. I know that Neil Patrick Harris appears in one of the seasons. Yeah. And I know that, like, each season is a different theme. Like, I don't remember which season it is, but it's, like, um, at the, the, like on Netflix it doesn't say, like, American Horror Story and then, like, Apocalypse or, like, 1984. But um, I know that the 1984 one is styled entirely around, like, 80s, like, slasher movies. That makes me fun. I would, yeah, I think that's one that I would like to check out, but I do this thing where I start a TV show and then I never finish it. I was looking at my Netflix watch list and I have four different shows that I've only gotten five episodes into and haven't watched. Wow. Yeah. I know Darren, Chris, and Lady Gaga are also in those shows, in that show at some (laughs) points. I love Darren Chris's because he's just some, like, asshole that gets slaughtered. Well, there's the second one. Yeah. Come on, Ryan. You're using up all of our oh, potty language. I'm now sorry. you can't curse next week. Dang it, Ryan. Someone hold me accountable next week. All right. Somebody start the Ryan Weimer swear jar. I think we're at three. Comments. Three or four total. Oh. Well, you bleeped yourself last week. My mom thought that that was funny. <laughs> I was talking about my mom a lot this week. Shout out, mom. Shout, Shout out, out, mom. Shout out, mom. Shout out all moms. I was talking to TJ and he was like, you just made me laugh the entire episode, Ryan, because you introduced yourself as Luke's RA. I was like, okay. You didn't even introduce yourself as an individual. You're just like, hey. I'm Luke's RA. Yeah. Hey, but I feel like another good movie they should possibly add to your calendar. If you say uh, Kung Fu Panda, I'm going to kick you in the head. Kung Fu Panda (laughs) 2. Kung Fu Panda 3. No, but it's uh, La Llorona. I don't know. Oh, didn't that come out pretty recently, like mm-hmm. last three, four years? Yeah, and it's about um, it follows this woman. I forget her name. I'm sorry, but it follows this woman who they get into a car crash with another like, I would say like Spanish or Hispanic person, and it kills her two kids, and then she puts like a curse on the other woman, and it's basically Whoa. like a demon like following her and making her life miserable, and that's basically it. Hmm. That's sad. Scary. Just killing some children right off the bat of the movie. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's kind of spooky. I love movies that don't hold back like that, though. The movies that aren't afraid to show the the grotesque, because that's what horror movies are supposed to do, right? Like that's what separates them from the rest of the films is they show you what other genres won't. They'll show you the horrifying parts of human nature. They'll show you the dark sides of humans. So when a movie doesn't hold back, I I absolutely will give them credit and adore them for that. Texas Chainsaw does not hold back that movie's nuts it is crazy a lot of people give it like bad credit because there's not a whole lot of gore in that movie but it's not about the gore in that movie it's about the intensity of the scenes the intensity of the characters and how they can try to get escape and the anticipation it's it's all timed perfectly mm-hmm um, I don't think I officially said this, but I gave Alien an eight and a quarter out of ten. I think it did really well. And the only like thing that I would change is definitely that ending scene with the alien hanging out of the ship, and that the what did I oh and it being a slow burner didn't really vibe with me too well. Bro, Candyman's got to be a ten out of ten, Ryan. It has to be. <laughs> it is getting the lowest score. Why? I don't you care. haven't seen it yet? We'll see. We'll see what I give it. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you had to say Candyman three times. It's actually five. 
but oh not sure. my bad oh my god this dude he doesn't even know what it's about okay, okay. do we have any uh closing thoughts any shout outs Please watch Alien. It's an amazing yeah, movie. Yeah, please watch Great Alien. Movie. It deserves better than eight and a quarter, but that's just because Ryan grades harshly. Yeah. What would you What would you give it, Garrett? Not Garrett. Yeah, Matthew. Garrett, what would you give it? <laughs> Don't die in Halloween too, nerd. <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably oh, give dude. it a nine and a half. For Alien? Yeah. Huh? I I would probably give it like an eight and a half somewhere between like eight and a half and eight and three quarters between, it's pretty good i thought eight and nine was pretty generous yeah i mean it just depends on well i guess change being your a thought critic, process being a critic of a movie it's all uh it's all subjective for sure so it's all just your own opinion i mean your scale out of 10 it i mean what is 10 Good. I don't. I. That's what I've been thinking. That's been my <laughs> good. That's been that's been my dilemma with these movies. Is is there going to be a ten? And if it's a ten, what does that mean? Yeah, it doesn't mean it's a perfect man. movie because, like, like we said last week, there's no such thing as a perfect movie. Yeah, it just Except depends. Like, Candy what man. are you basing your horror scale on? Is it based on what movie has the best kills, plot, characters, villain, music? Mm -hmm. Like, it 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 depends. All down to you. It comes down to what you are looking for in your viewing experience. Oh. Cool. I just got really philosophical for some reason. I, think that was I feel very perfect. zen right now. I think I'm going to go meditate. Philly. <laughs> experience tranquility, guys. Well, thank you uh, for having me again this week and in future weeks. I definitely enjoy these talks about horror movies. Yeah, thank Amen. you for being on. Yes. It's... It is a pleasure, as a always. Austin, thank time. you for coming back as well. Matt, thank, thank you. you for being here as well. I'm and thank you here. for getting the editing done between now and 9 a.m. tomorrow. It's currently 5.30 the day before the podcast is supposed to drop. So yeah. shout out Matt. Watch. Watch. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> All right. Any closing thoughts? Any shout outs? I don't think so. Uh, All shout right, out cool. to my dog, Hank. He's back at home, <laughs> guarding the fort. And that's it. I could kick Hank across your yard, okay? <laughs> okay, and we're going to end it tiny. there. <laughs> all right. Have a good uh, day or night or whatever for the for all of y'all listening. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Good see ya. Bye.